Well, grace is extremely attractive. Um, grace is the best gift the church can give the world because mm-hmm. grace is what makes Jesus different. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's wanting grace. Hey, welcome everybody to the podcast, sitting here with Chad. And today we're talking about how do you win people over? And so Chad, I want to start by asking the question, have you ever won somebody over and, and give us how you did that? Um, yeah, well, I got married. You did. This, so, is, the, this is the story we want to hear. Is, was that it? That's what you're going for? How, how did you win over Everybody Katrina? Everybody sees Katrina and they see me and they're like, how did that happen? <laughs> I saw Katrina and she was all fixed up one night and we went to a restaurant and I said, as soon as we walked in, everybody looked and went, well, that guy has money, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't necessarily write, but how did he get that beautiful girl? Um, yeah. How did I, how did I win her over? Um, charm, baby. You know, <laughs> where'd just, you guys meet? Because she's from Scotland. You're from Mesquite, Texas. That's there's not exactly a, a common that, ground on these two locations. Yeah, that is two very different worlds. Uh, she grew up in Scotland, and uh, she was in Aberdeen, which is on the northeast coast. A lot of um, oil business there off the coast, and so she knew a lot of Americans growing up because Mobile Oil. Uh, was established there. And so uh, when she was in high school, she made friends with a couple of girls at the church she was going to. They called it the International Baptist Church, uh-huh. but it was basically Scottish people and American people. Yeah. And like two people from Texas. So that, they're like, yeah, we're the International Church. Yeah. Well, yeah. Texas people were there because of the oil business. And so um, these two uh, girls, Katrina, became friends with them, became friends with the family. And uh, Katrina had some challenges in later high school years. And so they said, hey, if you want to come to the States and go to school, then uh, we'll sponsor you to to do that. And so she applied and got her green card, her student visa, and uh, not a green card or student visa. But any, anyway, she, she was able to come uh, to the States. She always, when she tells that to- story, she calls that her Willy Wonka golden ticket. Uh-huh. And so she was going to Dallas Christian College. Uh, I had actually moved... Uh, I was in Arizona. This is my second stint in Arizona, back to Texas. And we wound up going to the same church. And uh, she always says Sunday school class, but it sounds weird because she's like, I was dating my Sunday school teacher. Yeah, that sounds super weird. It does. I always want to, we're both adults. (laughs) So anyway, her Bible, her young adult Bible study class, I was teaching it. Uh, I'm uh, five and a half years older than Katrina. But um, anyway, so we started dating and I charmed her socks off and she married me. All right. So how did you charm her socks off? Was she like, man, this guy just really knows the Bible. And, uh, well, that's um, part of it. Yeah. So, but I'm guessing at some point you guys had to have like an interaction one-on-one face-to-face. Well, to quote my 18-year-old son, Robert, I was just spitting game <laughs> all the time, dude. Uh, yeah. How do you want anybody over? You, you know, you're not a jerk. You're pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you think about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give and serve. Uh, one of the best ways you can win somebody over, and uh, I think one of the ways I won Katrina over, I asked a lot of questions about her. Yeah. Um, if you're a dude right now and you're listening and you're like, man, I really want this girl to like me. Stop talking about yourself. Stop talking about yourself. <laughs> ask her questions about her and she will find you fascinating. Yeah. I, uh, 
I, I was talking about this. I think Robert, maybe you and I were talking about it, but I got invited to this of all things, this insurance company thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a friend of mine who was new to Jesus and he used to go to these things and party like crazy. And he yeah, was, he won some award, right? And you yeah, were like yeah. his, his plus one. He was like, Chad, will you go with me? So I don't, you know, uh, party in sinful ways at this thing. And I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll go with you. Cause so you he know. brought you as an accountability partner. To- yeah. Yeah. It, it was super <laughs> nice. And, and the food and, and it was like camp for rich people. It mm-hmm. was, it was great. And so I told him, I was like, dude, this is like a summer camp for rich people. So anyway, I go and it's a five-star place and, and, and all of that. And at the end of, uh, the two nights that I was there, um, my, my friend's like, hey, everybody likes you. And I'm like, that surprises you? Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, nobody knows you're a pastor or anything, so thank you, but everybody likes you. He goes, what, what were you telling them about yourself? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say anything yeah. about me. I said, I just walked around the room and asked questions about them. And he goes, oh yeah, they all think you're fascinating. Uh, listening to people wins them over. Uh, showing interest in the other person wins them over. Uh, we live in a world where everybody's taking selfies and everybody wants to post their opinion on social media and nobody's listening. So if you listen to somebody, they will find you fascinating. Yeah. So I listened to Katrina. I show a lot of interest in her. Um, and I, and I, frankly, I found her fascinating. So that was easy to do. Uh, anybody who has an accent, a Scottish accent, they could yeah. read the phone book and I'd be like, this is incredible. Yeah. She's, she's kind of lost it over time. I mean, she, <laughs> one, one of the bummer things, right. Is when she comes to the States of all places she could wind up in, she's in Mesquite, Texas. <laughs> and so the first time we go on a date, um, you know, the, the w- waiter comes up and, and he says, what would you like to drink? And she says, uh, you know, I'll have a water, please. And he's like, what? Mesquite, Texas. I'll have a water, please. What? A water. And I'm like, she's saying water. She wants a water. And he's like, oh, water. And he's like, you know, speak English for crying out loud, right? And walks off and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, she had to move to Mesquite, Texas. And so she had to adjust the accent mm-hmm. just to be understood by all of us. Otherwise she would have been dehydrated and never... Never yeah. survived in Texas without water. By all of us fine uh, Southern folk with those strong accents. I, I uh, prayed a lot. I won her over by being really interested in what was important to her and getting to know who she is and listening a lot. Um, and, you know, I was really kind and charming and would open the door for her and do all the things I should still be doing, but sometimes forget. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, God bless me, it worked. Yeah. It's it's fascinating because obviously we're, we're in a series talking about what does it mean to be a How'd follower of Jesus? How'd you get your wife to marry you? Cause... Oh, man, it, that was a miracle. Honestly, she wanted nothing to do with me. So I had to, I had to work extra hard on that one mm. and, uh, and be extra kind and funny and all of that. And then I've, I've tried to keep that up as much as I can for the last, you know, 16 years we've been married for, but some days are better than others. You were just spitting game. Spitting game, man. Dude. Yeah. No, eventually. I interrupted you, sorry. No, eventually I just wore her down and she was just exhausting. Like, <laughs> Perseverance. Fine. <laughs> I'll date you, I guess. So, um, All right. but it's fascinating because we, we understand that's how you win people over. Of uh, course. Yet in the church world, we, we've turned it into this thing where it's like, oh, if I want to win somebody over to Jesus, I need to argue with them. I need to debate with them. I need to prove how right I am. And then they're going to go, wow, I've been such an idiot this whole time. You're so smart and so right. 
I want to be a part of what you're a part of. And that's the, that's what we've adopted as our win over strategy. Well, obviously that always works on social media. That's right. I mean, we've just seen examples of that working over uh-huh. and over and over again. I'm shaking my head no as I'm, I'm saying that. Yeah, it's like um, for some reason when we talk about our faith, so we're in the series called Church People Are the Worst, and mm-hmm. everybody laughs when I say that because everybody knows what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even have to explain it uh, unless it's a church person, right, uh-huh. that doesn't get it and it makes them mad. And I'm like, you're who I'm talking about. Um, so we're in the series, Church People Are, are the Worst, and, and, it, and it's right in line with what you're saying. There's this idea that we're going to curse the darkness, and then in cursing the darkness, we're going to win everybody over to the light, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. Um, Jesus, if you've, if you've never read the Bible before, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We had some people over the house last night, and they've never read the Bible before, and um, we were talking about uh, reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so uh, the wife had started reading, and the husband was like, yeah, I should probably do that. I'm like, read Mark, man. It's the shortest, right? Mm-hmm. But people outside the faith, meaning they weren't Jewish, they weren't religious, they were sinners. Um, the Bible calls them sinners. Uh, they were known by the religious people as sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a list, the, the drunkards, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. Now, everybody's a sinner. These are the obvious ones. These yeah. are the ones you could see a mile away. You're like, well, that person well, definitely— yeah, if you broke it down, right, there's the holy roller crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's the happy hour crowd. Yep. So all the, all the happy hour crowd people really liked Jesus. They did. I just I just had a conversation with a guy this week. I'm like, man, Jesus was a ton of fun. He's like, how do you know that? Look at how he's described and look at who all wants to hang out with him and look at who's like, hey, we're going to throw a party tonight. And we're going to invite all of our friends who are the obvious sinners. Jesus, could you please be there? It would be so great if you were there. Uh, people liked being around Jesus. Okay, so... What Robert just said is, is, is biblically accurate. It's dead on. Um, Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. And, and by the way, it was the church people who called him that, meaning the religious people. It wasn't a compliment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in that day and time, to be a friend of sinners was meant you ran with bad company. Uh, but this happy hour group of people loved Jesus because he was lovable. Mm-hmm. They liked Jesus because he was likable. Mm-hmm. And he was this perfect balance. I'm going to talk about this in the sermon here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be the hardest sermon in the whole group in this series. But he was this perfect blend continually of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. Um, He was charming and likable and funny and had this strength and authority about him, they would say. He speaks as one who has authority, right? Mm -hmm. The word authority, the root word of the word authority is the word author. It's almost like he's the author of all things. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what he is? Mm -hmm. Um, But sinners liked him. And and one of the questions we can ask about ourselves, those of us who are church people, I mean, I'm a pastor, of course, I'm a church person, right? Tongue in cheek. But one of the things I need to ask myself as a follower of Jesus is, do sinners like me? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or am I so overly religious Am I so overly, I'm putting this in quotes, even though I'm speaking spiritual, that I'm no earthly good? Mm-hmm. Um, am I a friend of sinners? That, that's a really good question. Uh, this past week on one of the devotionals, uh, it, it's, a, it's a statement that Jesus makes about himself. And he says, the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Mm-hmm. And that's his mission statement. Yeah. 
I didn't um, come for the healthy. I came for the sick. Yeah. I'm looking for those who are the down and out, the outcast, the don't have it figured out, and the people who know it, especially. Because then you had the religious who are like, we're fine. We're healthy. We're good. We don't need any help. Yeah. The, the biggest thing, by the way, that'll keep you from Jesus is pride. Mm-hmm. It's the original sin. It's what got the devil kicked out of heaven. Uh, all of us who are church people, be careful with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the things I pray regularly, and I'm not making this up for the podcast, one of the things I pray regularly is, God, uh, remind me of your grace in my life. Um, I don't deserve any of it. I, I still cry when I hear the, the worship team makes fun of me because I always want them to sing this song. What song should we sing? Chad, I always say the same song, Amazing Grace. When I hear Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, I cry every time because mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, on my best day without Jesus, I'm a selfish jerk. Mm-hmm. And that's the nicest way I could say it on the church podcast. <laughs> yep. um, you know, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It's, 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 a, it's, amazing. it's amazing grace. Pride keeps us from the reality of, of, who, uh, of who Jesus is. But, but sinners liked, like Jesus— um, and that's because he's full of love and mercy and grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And he manages that tension um, really, really well. I think I was going somewhere a moment ago and then I got sidetracked. But So with Jesus and these obvious sinners, so they're, they're going, hey, Jesus, let's hang out. Let's spend time together. Jesus is attracting crowds everywhere he goes. And yeah. people are wanting more and more of his time. There's something about him. And yes... There's signs and miracles and he's feeding 5,000 and, and people are being healed and they're bringing their sick and they're going, man, could you heal me? And so, so there is that side of it. And then you have kind of just sitting out on the outskirts, looking in, you have the religious and they're the ones that are given all the accusations and going, oh, he's a glutton and a drunkard. He's a friend of sinners because of his associations with all types of people. Yeah. Uh, but then even then you have a couple of the religious who are like coming in at night and going... Hey, Jesus, can we just have a one-on-one? And, and there are even, I think there are people who are church people who are still attracted to Jesus that are that kind of religious, whatever, self-righteous, but they know they're exhausted. They know deep in their soul, this thing isn't working, this whole just being religious. And there's still something about Jesus that draws in even that religious person, that prideful, that whatever. And they understand there's, there's more to Jesus than just rules. Than just okay. Have I have I done enough? Have I worked hard enough? Uh, th- there's a grace to Jesus. To your point earlier, that that attracts. I think all people in. Well, grace is extremely attractive. Um, grace is the best gift the church can give the world because mm-hmm. grace is what makes Jesus different. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's wanting grace. When when I go home today. And I look at this woman that I charmed into marrying me. Uh-huh. Uh, I want grace from her. I want affection. I want acceptance. And I don't deserve either either one. I mean, I, I, I could make a list today between now and then as best as I'm going to, what a crappy husband I probably was today in some different ways. But she's going to give me grace and she's going to love me as I am, not as I should be, right? I want grace from her. I want grace from my kids. Anybody that ever steps onto a church property anywhere, there's this distant hope they have in the deep recesses of their heart and it's a hope for grace because mm-hmm. uh, we all need it. And so let's just talk theology for a second on the podcast. So why are church people the worst? Why are religious people jerks? Why are there jerks in the name of Jesus? Well, it's because 
um, religious people base their standing on their standing with God uh, on, on their own merit, mm-hmm. uh, on their own on their own works. They're trying to work their way to God, and and all of us in the deep parts of who we are know that we're sinners. All of us know that uh, we're not perfect. All of us know that regardless of what kind of filter we have or what kind of front we put up on the inside, we're not, we're not that great. And human nature is I got to earn it. I got to work for it. Grace is a foreign concept when it comes to people to people interactions. This is a foreign idea of, wait, I don't deserve it. Yet I receive it in spite of myself. So religion creates jerkiness, right? Mm -hmm. It, it, it creates self-righteousness because on the inside, a really religious person knows they're not good. So what they do is they go, but at least I'm better than them. That's right. At least I'm better than you. Yeah. And so there's holy wars and there's jihads and there's all this, the Bible calls it self-justification, a desire to say, okay, I might not be righteous, right? But I'm more righteous than the rest of these. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a game of comparison. Um, yeah. It's, let me let me just look at the playing field. And am I in the top 50% or am I in the bottom 50%? Depending on how you compare yourself or what standards you use, because we all use different criteria, either you have incredible pride or you have incredible despair because you look around and you go, oh man, if they only knew. It's real hard to love somebody when you're keeping score. Yeah. It's hard to receive love when you're in competition. It's hard to give love, Right. And then Jesus comes along and says, you're all sinners. You're all hopeless and helpless. And he says stuff like, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, if you lust after someone in your heart, you've already committed adultery with them. And then he right after that. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Make that connection there, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is getting to the heart of who we are. You've heard it said, do not murder. But I tell you, you say, Raka, you curse somebody. Mm-hmm. You've murdered them in your heart. The only reason you didn't commit adultery, the only reason you didn't murder is because of consequences. Yeah. It's not because you're good. And the whole point of that is Jesus is saying, you're all rotten to the core. Mm-hmm. And God, God loves, loves you. you. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're more sinful uh, than you can possibly imagine. And yet you're more love than you ever dared hope. So Jesus said, so blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, blessed are those who mourn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that whole run in the Sermon on the Mount that Robert Watson wrote a book on called Upside Down Crown. You can get it today on Amazon. I'll just throw oh, that in. Man. There you go. You're welcome. I always get warm and fuzzies when you uh, uh, give me a little, give you a little, little shout, shout out, out there. Yeah. Um, but, but that Robert wrote a book on the Sermon on the Mount. It's a really good book. Um, but all of that, Jesus is saying the good news is, is not that you're good. Mm-hmm. You're not. Stop mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, the quest for self-justification kills your ability to receive the love of God and to give love to anybody else because it's, it's about keeping score and you don't want to do that. Um, Jesus said, I, it's not because you're good. You're not going to get there. But Jesus comes and says, God is good mm-hmm. and I'm him mm-hmm. and I'll do it for you. And the amazing thing, right, about amazing grace is that when we receive it in a really real way, we will be overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually makes us lovable. Mm-hmm. It makes us kind. It empowers us to forgive because forgiven people yeah. are empowered to forgive yeah. people. Uh, you can't give what you don't have. The more that you receive grace, the more loving you become. And yet, e- even though the scripture, I mean, the, 
my goodness, the whole New Testament is dedicated to this reality. You can't earn your way to God. It, that is repeated in every letter just about to every church. Hey, just to remind over you guys. Over and over yep, again. This the is Ten not Commandments. By yeah, yep. you're not going to keep those commandments. And by the way, there's 611, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me add 601 to that. Uh, you're not going to keep the law. You can't earn it. So God came in the person of Jesus and did it for you. Receive this grace, let it flow in you and through you, and it'll radically change your life and radically change the world. Um, If I am keeping score Mm -hmm. with my wife, I have crushed the ability to love her or receive love from her. Mm -hmm. If she's keeping score with me, she has crushed the ability for her and I to exchange love. But if we're surrendered to God and his grace, and we can love each other in the context of grace. Intimacy and beauty starts starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I if, if you're listening and you're like, man, I haven't heard this before or whatever. As as lead pastor of Sun Valley and as a pastor in general, I I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to apologize for all pastors and priests and you know people that do what I do for a living for all time. What God has given us is called the gospel. The word gospel means good news. The angel said what Jesus was going to do is good news of great joy for all people. And that's that's this beautiful thing we represent. And um, man, when, when we live there, when we operate there, when we walk in that truth, we win people over because mm-hmm. it's God's grace that won us over. And so when we represent his grace, well, it just works. Yeah. If you're listening right now, and as Chad was talking, you're you're thinking, I'm keeping a scoreboard with somebody. If you have that in your mind, uh, I, I think today's the day that mentally between you and God, you just erase that scoreboard, um, clean that slate, and, and choose, because it's a choice, choose to love that person, regardless of what the score is, yeah. um, and, and see what, what God's grace flowing through you does. Uh, but if that's you, uh, it's time to, time to erase the scoreboard. Yeah. And just for the record, the whole idea of I'm bad, they're good, Jesus doesn't take sides. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you don't want him to because he might not take yours. Yeah. Uh, we're all, <laughs> we can be wrong in the ways that we're right. I mean, we're, we're all like in need of a Savior. I always say this joke, you know, because church people are the worst and I'm being goofy and all that. And I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'm the worst too. What do you mean? Well, I'm just self-righteous about the fact I'm not self-righteous, <laughs> right? All of us are in such deep need of a Savior. Jesus doesn't take sides, he takes over. And it's amazing grace. So let's receive it and let's give it away. Uh, and let's win people over in his name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll continue the conversation next week. This is so good. I don't want to stop it, but our timer's up. So yeah, God is so good. Let's yeah. receive it and give it away. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.